You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode will be talking about The Teardrop Explodes, Kilimanjaro. On the line, I have Rob. Sup? Ben. Hello. And Kyle. Hi there. Kilimanjaro is the debut album by the neo-psychedelic Liverpool band The Teardrop Explodes, released on the 10th of October 1980 on Fontana Records. Producer was Bill Drummond and David Blamp. Uh, and I'm going to read from All Music Review, Ned Raggard. Armed with the Trumpeters, Ray Martinez and Hurricane Smith, who added soaring flourishes and energetic blasts throughout on the Kilimanjaro, the teardrops explode in a torrent of creative, kicky, and often downright fun songs that hotwire garage psych inspirations into something more, steering clear of ham-handed attempts to be commercially quote-unquote new wave, while at the same time sounding young, bright, and alive, the foursome uh, go happily nuts with great results. Coop is Already a commanding singer and frontman, his clever lyrics and strong projection result in a series of confident performances, uh, whether it's trading lines with himself on the motoring chug of sleeping gas or his yelps on books. For all the bad energy between himself and Blaffy, the two sound like they're grafted at the hip throughout. The letters, keyboard washes, and staccato melodies added add to the fun, nerving vibe. Though it was assembled from a variety of different sessions, Kilimanjaro still sounds cohesive. Perfectly humble choruses, great arrangements, and production, uh, Cope's smiling vibe all add up with a fantastic result. The sweet romance of When I Dream closes out this entertaining debut. All right, what do we think of The Teardrop Explodes, Kilimanjaro? Where have you been all my life? Love this record. I'm still a little bit lukewarm on it. Okay. Mm. It, uh, I, w- I was interested because when I s- first started listening to it, I was, I was wondering, you know, this one seems so in line with some of those other Liverpool and neo psych bands. It, but this is something different. They're doing something more interesting to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's the, the willingness to do those sort of repetitive rock elements but they they sort of dive deeper for me yeah i i agree i agree with you 100 um this album took me a long time to get through i mean I, I listened to it a few times but to actually get through it like i kind of dove deep on on this lead singer and his his interesting life and uh there's just a lot of stuff in this record i would i would listen to it and, and some of the vocals like some of the lyrics i'm like what is this and then i'd find out what it is and it's just sleeping gas okay the song sleeping gas sure uh standout on the record do you guys agree yeah yes yeah. uh he repeats over and over you can watch rafferty turn into a serial and i was like what are you talking about and rafferty was just like some show on nbc in like 
1979 that he just saw on TV and he was like reading comic books. So he just incorporated that. Like, so this guy's on LSD all the time, yeah. according to all reports. It, it, I don't know. Like, it sounds like you take all these elements and, and combine them, but you get something that's uh, the vocal melodies I really admired. I think that set them apart from from other stuff. I don't know. I listened to this record several times. Uh, the, I think the only song I couldn't really get into was Bouncing Babies for some reason. Uh, uh, I kind of like that. <laughs> I like that, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I got, uh, yeah. I definitely got the Knights of Oingo Boingo vibes on this. Okay. Oh, very yeah. much so. All right. I, I, right I now we're. I got Go regular Oingo Boingo vibes off of uh, one of the songs towards the end, which the opening of it sounds like um, shit. It might be stay. It might not be stay. It might be hey. <laughs> one of those a yeah it it, 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 it has the uh it, it like not just tonally but like chord structure and like movement is like very similar to an oingo boingo song that i did not bother looking up and writing down so take that for what <laughs> oh, it's thanks. worth <laughs> we just got done listening to brave boys keep their promises in our headphones uh that song was giving me adam and the ants vibes oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. sure yeah sure. yeah no it's i mean it's very much a a mix of this of new wave rock but at the same time it's heavily influenced in psych, in love, in the doors, mm-hmm. in all these different elements, and using these non sequitur type of lyrics. I mean, something you might find on a Talking Heads album. So sure. it's it's a you're right, Kyle. It's hard to wrap your head around this one because it's so uh, odd. It, it has so many different elements kind of thrown in. It's a bit of a kitchen sink band, if you ask me. And in some some songs, I went from song to song, and there'd be songs I'd I'd really like, some I were okay on, some I didn't like, and it kind of went back and forth as I okay. progressed through the album. The track that we're on right now is giving me like really heavy uh, later damned vibes. Sure. Like oh yeah, it's that uh, like like strawberries, keyboard heavy, kind of gothy. Um, yeah, gothy. Yeah, it's a it's a mixed. It, it, it's a it's a bag of nuts and it's all mixed up and there's it's delicious it's, it's like ear nuts for my it's, for, for my my mouth hole ears <laughs> it's super hooky and poppy like is it yeah. like bubblegum trance which is a term i i learned <laughs> this week <laughs> i like okay. that term <laughs> yeah yeah they called some of this stuff uh you know this revival of 60s revival in a beat group sound sometimes they called it bubblegum trance or ne- i mean neo psychedelic is the soft boys and you know so those other bands but the most recent jam album yeah 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 echo and the bunny man yeah very closely tied to echo and the bunny man i th- i thought it was really interesting how you know <laughs> they were basically in the same band and then they just split in two like- and There's not enough band for the two of us yeah. personalities. <laughs> we need to each be a band. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> no, I think it's better for it too. I, I, I think Echo has a different trajectory. I mean, they, they're splitting apart. Absolutely. So this whole week, I thought that those were synth trumpets I was hearing on this album. And I, 
they irritated me every time I heard them. But you're telling me that these synth trumpets are real trumpets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just I, run through I still them. don't think I like them. It's, All of the reverb. Yeah, it's got a lot of reverb. Yeah. They made it weird. I don't know if I like it either. Uh, <laughs> ben, I, I think I would have preferred like just like either a unlike processed trumpet stabs or Ooh. something else doing those stabs. I, yeah, um, I, I'm I, I'm right there with you. Either a, a like an unprocessed trumpet or a synth sounding like a synth. Yeah, I can't say as I'm in love with the production on this record. Period. Hmm. Um, but. I like all of the ideas. So I that that's a thing that I can like kind of like look past. Um yeah, a lot of people uh mentioned that uh they they represented the the sort of love aspect of the psychedelic, sort of the dark psychedelic, if you will. Whereas Echo and the Bunny Man might have been the do- you know, more the doors or more that a uh, moldy grape, Moby grape. Uh, or like I say, like to say <laughs> oh, you mean wine? <laughs> yes, a fine vintage. You mean? Yeah. But uh, teardrop explodes is has I I do see that they have that a little bit of that uh, Southern California you know vibe with the with the horns with a bit of repeating on the lyrics, the horn stabs, yeah. a lot of things about it but there's also a lot of things that i i don't know i don't dislike but uh did you make a list and put the positive and negatives to see if no, you were if you're gonna but, marry it no i didn't i need to know if i'm gonna marry this album or not uh maybe maybe a lot of it is production related uh it's like we're, what we're getting into it's, it feels like recently is just the stereotypical 80s production that the much maligned 80s production i don't know i think that it's hard for me to separate the songs from the the production sometimes especially on something like this where where it is pretty atmospheric you know but uh no i like what they're doing but the actual trumpets that sound like synth trumpets are not my aesthetic and some of just the other uh I don't know, just like compressed reverby 80s spins that we're putting on it. I, I know I'm going to be hearing a whole bunch of that in the next few months that we're covering that decade. But uh, I don't know. It works for me sometimes. More often than not, I I would like albums more if it didn't have that type of production. Next few months. How long? How many episodes do you think we're in? And how long do you think the 80s are? <laughs> Another year. Next few months, <laughs> twelve months is is a few on a 
cosmic scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, th- th- this is some stereotypical like eighties. Pro- yeah, it is. It is the stereotypical eighties production. Yeah, I mean, those drums like, are huge. Yeah, keyboards that no longer have like growl to them. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. Like uh, we're 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 closing in on like the thin ass DX seven years like very very quickly, um, and uh, this band they're just using a just a regular organ really yeah um, yeah sounds fine I, and, and there's a far fees on the uh, Birch you yeah. said uh, you didn't really care for the Thief of Baghdad no I don't like the Thief of Baghdad I don't like when they get a little too what I would consider disco-y. Uh, that sort of hmm. disco beat, the uns, uns, uns. Um, and I don't like uh, went crazy. It wasn't really a, I wasn't really fond of that. I just, I, I like it when it's a little more straight ahead rock, um, sort of like, even like, haha, I'm drowning. And uh, yeah, Kilimanjaro is actually really cool. Bouncing Babies. Uh, I'm into that. Sleeping Gas. It, it It's like when they have that, when they have this, uh, when it's less, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. Thief of Baghdad uh, just gave me real like Duran Duran, like Seven and the Ragged Tiger kind of vibes. Like oh, years yeah. before that record came out. Oh, yeah. It's got that kind of melancholy, kind of dark uh, chorus. And and it's, it's not a song that's awash in like comic book references or, you know, Matlock or something. Like it's, it's a very sincere kind of mysterious Kind of dark song. I don't know. That one's that one's uh, stood out for me. Yeah, I do really like his singing and his projection of the song, how he phrases things and then repeats. Yeah. And he's always like, uh, 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 uh. he has this the sort of vocal tics, the sort of when he's vocalizing lyrics, it's it's very clever how it's placed within songs, how it fits with melodies. So we already made a reference to him being on LSD all the time uh, from the little bit of reading that I did. It, it sounds like his introduction to LSD was like during these recording sessions, like, right. Like it, he was introduced to it by uh, uh, Alan Gill, right. Cause uh, they brought in Alan Gill as a replacement guitar player, like right around this time. And I think he was the one that introduced him to it, which is interesting because they were already, trying to be a psychedelic band, but right. they were not yet psychedelic in practice. Right. And after, you know? after they, you know, they had recorded some, but then it became real. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the psychedelic <laughs> experiment became real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He introduced them to both cannabis and LSD, which is, it's an interesting idea that you have a band that is, projecting uh what would you say the idea of something and then it becomes a reality it's also interesting that someone in their 20s in a band in 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 the 70s hasn't been introduced to cannabis yet (laughs) that's a little weird yeah (laughs) uh they're young you know did no one have a big brother (laughs) (laughs) then who was your big brother I didn't have a big brother. I knew some older kids in high school (laughs) (laughs) from the big brother program. Mm -hmm. It was from the TV show, big brother. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. 
Did anyone listen to Sunspots? No. Uh, no. Is that a bonus track or what is that? Um, yeah, that little clip when I was uh, learning about uh, Cope, I found this quote that was uh, later in the 80s, he went from being dismissed as a hopeless acid casualty. His record company, he recalls tonight, balked at the release of his 1985 single Sunspots, not least because the chorus largely consisted of Cope vocally impersonating the noise of a car driving past. <laughs> <laughs> so we went and listened to it, and sure enough, the chorus comes up, and he goes, she's gone. <laughs> and um, But it's awesome. Like, the song, 1985, I thought it was going to be, like, really goofy, like, like a weird Sid Barrett song, but it was, like, really well-produced and rocking. Um so yeah, give give sunspots a chance. Okay. You know, a few minutes. So I kept on hearing about like his stage performance, his stage presence, his antics, but I couldn't find specifics of like what 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 made this guy such a crazy frontman. I had the same problem. I I went I tried to dig into why why is he so notorious, and there was very little uh, research. I'm look, I'm trying to find books now about uh. About I what saw an, made him I so about uh, an interesting instance in like the mid eighties, him cutting himself in the, on the stomach with like a broken mic stand, like some superficial cuts and making some blood come out. But that was like, that's, he already has a reputation at this point, And that incident didn't happen until mid eighties, you know? So I was just kind of wondering, I think he was just reading a bunch of comic books and, and eating acid. <laughs> On and, stage? Is that his stage presence? Okay. So in the song Poppies in the Field, one of the lyrics is, uh, comics insult, you said, but comics are all I read. And then uh, if you look into where the, the band name came from, did you guys look into this? Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's supposed to be like he just name dropped this comic book where Namor fought like Daredevil and the fight ended when a, a teardrop exploded. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "That's stupid. I'm going to name a band after that." So that's the teardrop explodes. <laughs> Very nice. His, his bandmate's response was, "That's a weird one you've got there, Jules." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, notoriously considered a really bad album art. I didn't think it was that terrible. I don't know why. I've seen or, better. Yeah, it's I've seen it, way worse. I've seen way Which worse. Which version are you talking about? Uh, the original with them just goofily, you know, standing around. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's bad. Like the first Hendrix Experience album art's bad. It, oh, it's, I think, it's, I think it's, that's uh, way worse. It, it's it's bad in the genre that they're trying to replicate. It looks like a, like a bad psychedelic rock cover from like 15 years before this came okay. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I, I can see that now. It, it's that they're trying to to be uh, those psych bands. Whereas it's like the. It's like Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yeah. Light, yeah. you know? Now, I don't know. It, there's just something about, I mean, the song we're listening to now, it's a very long When I Dream, but there's just something about those overlapping sequences at the end where, you know, he's he's vocally phrasing and then they bring in another guitar and then they bring in the organ. The sort of layering that they're doing here is is really interesting and I think we'll translate into a lot of bands later on into you know the 90s and and uh, uh beyond that yeah when i dream is almost like uh like weezer's only in dreams it's this weird long psychedelic uh surreal closer 
Uh, when I scream, I scream at you. I go ba 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 ba. Like that's it's excellent. That's excellent stuff. It's very dreamlike. I love it. Man, I'm still looking at this album cover, and there's something about it that does bother me. I, it, 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 in general, it doesn't bother me. But if you guys are looking at it, so it's a picture of the band mostly cast in, cast in shadow and like blue and red lights. But whoever that is on the far right, the shadow misses him. He's like he's got like a like a spotlight directly in his face, and it's casting. It's like it, it bothers me because it it doesn't fit. I don't know. Maybe you need to look at it. He looks like he just walked into the photo shoot and is not <laughs> hitting his mark. He's not. He's if he was on a on a, on a stage, he's not in his light. Yeah, the back or is also pretty pretty silly too. It's just the exact same. It's literally the same thing. Uh, the font is pretty lame. Yeah, it looks like the font for that you would use for an unauthorized uh like greatest hits or something you know it it, it looks like like yeah the compilation that you're going to find at big lots that has not been authorized by the band <laughs> there you it's go. that font <laughs> yep i don't know though there's something about this the ho- I, I think the horns carry me through really his vocalization and those horns I was not on board when I started listening to this. I thought, uh, another Echo and the Bunnymen style music. But there's just, there's so much going on here that that's good. I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to put it on every, every day, but, you know, like reward on a mixtape? Heck yeah. Rewards. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Technically yeah. not on the track. Not technically yeah, on yeah, the record. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Rob, I, I was kind of... It's that British thing of not putting your hits on your album. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of embarrassed when I was like, why do I love this record so much? And you were like, kind of sounds like Oingo Boingo. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> oh, I didn't get there. That was Birch, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. Man, I didn't put that together either, but I can't unhear it now. He does have a, a bit of, uh, Kyle, would you agree that he's got a little Danny Elfman-esque uh, vocalization? Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, the vocal melodies and just kind of like the the playful malevolence. Like. There you go. Yeah, begs the question: uh, Is Oingo Boingo uh, bubblegum trance? <sighs> this this is gonna be a big night with these records. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go around. What do, you th- what, what do you think, Ben? I'm on the fence on this one. I think I'm going to remain on, on neutral about it. I I would like to hear more from the Teardrop Explodes. I would love to hear more from this band. I think this band's doing some cool things. Uh, this album is mostly from the production standpoint, just not generally my aesthetic. I wish it was... I wish I could have heard this album recorded a few years earlier, like in 77 or 78, I think it would have sounded pretty different and it may have hit my aesthetic a little bit more. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this record. Uh, it's definitely a band that's doing some cool new things. Uh, I'm just not into it as much as I'm into other stuff. 
So neutral for me. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, you know, it's it's fun. Uh, it's funny that that Ben mentioned that because I the production stood out as something I really liked on this record. Um, so of course we, we must have played in a band together. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I liked I liked the drums. Um, I liked how the the horns and the guitar kind of stab out. You know, um, uh, the vocals. Uh, yeah, I. I had never heard of this. This completely was outside of my wheelhouse. Um, you know, I, I think I had heard of Julian Cope at some point. That name sounded familiar, but, um, you know, I didn't find anything that I had heard before. This record was a treat. I had a great time with it. Yeah. Thumbs up. So positive. Yeah. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. When I first put it in my ears, I was, I didn't quite get it. It was a little, a little too on the nose for uh, for what you could just like quantify as like this is what the '80s sounded like, like <laughs> you know. Um, but digging into it more and like you know, this is a good record, and I, I would give it a positive. Like it, there, there's a there's a lot that they're packing into these songs, and it's very it's very cool and very interesting, and yeah, definitely influential on what's coming down the pipe. So positive for me um i i'm with you birch though I'm, this isn't going to be like a um this isn't going to be a uh, i want to see with the bright lights tonight uh this is a thing that i i must own and i'm going to listen to pretty consistently um but yeah you know i I'd, I'd, I'd throw one of these tracks on a mix for sure yeah bargain you, you find this in the bargain bin find this used i'd, oh, pick, I'd pick it up i'd pick it up yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. is this a bargain yeah. bin band no no i'm not saying that i'm just saying if you if you can find it um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the positive on this one. I don't, I just don't know why Echo and the Bunnymen is slightly outside of, um, my interest, but I'm, it's starting to formulate all these different bands coming together. We're going to get Juju by Susie and the Banshees, which I think is a little more, uh, you know, in the middle of this sort of a rhythm and it, it, it's going to make sense. Things are making more sense as the cure overlaps with Susie overlaps with teardrop explodes. And, um, yeah, I'm on the positive. It just has so much, so many interesting ideas going on. I'm, I'm on it. I can hear what you're saying about that production though. It does have a bit of a, a stagnant eighties, uh, production where it would have been probably benefited if it would have been you know quarter inch tape or something that's a little more loose that had a little more a little warmth a little more warmth and a little little more off the cuff i think that this was probably recorded to tape though like i would say so too but it's just it's the i don't i don't even know how to describe what what it is that makes it this but it's def it 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 just doesn't have any like rawness to it you know sounds very processed it's it's probably the just the studio how it was set up it doesn't but yeah all right next time we'll be talking about the specials more specials all right thanks y'all